suffering for greatness. Suffering for greatness. In the text of Hebrews 11, chapter, looking at verse 23 to 28. In the letter to the Hebrews, the 11th chapter deals with the walk of faith and the halls of faith and the, the matriarchs and the patriarchs of faith. And, and we get down to 23rd, it starts talking about Moses. And so we're going to look at that. But yet, going back to the, the theme I, I want to deal with this morning, uh, suffering for greatness. We have a lot of parents here that suffer for their children. Uh, you suffer those long, freezing, snowy, cold days at the football game just for your child. Or maybe those you're sitting out there just for your child that's cheerleading on the sidelines. Or maybe you might have been at one of those long, long, rainy track meets. <laughs> Did I mention long? Sitting out there in the rain. Hitting that breeze, touching your skin, and you're thinking to yourself, I'm out here for my baby. Or, or maybe it might be you're working at night and going to school during the day, just thinking how I'm doing this just to better myself. Or, or maybe you might be suffering working two jobs just to make ends meet, but you still end up just over broke, but you keep on saying, I'm going to keep on bettering myself because I believe one day I'm going to get ahead. A lot of times we go through lives of suffering. You see, we oftentimes may equate suffering to be maybe like Nelson Mandela or Mahatma Gandhi. Oh, they suffered for a great amount of people. But every day in your life, you are going through some suffering issues. Suffering heartache, suffering pain, suffering trials and tribulations. But you endure, you push on because you can look out onto that field and see your child and say, this is why I'm doing it. You can be half falling asleep trying to stay awake at your job or halfway falling asleep trying to stay awake while you're at school. But you say, I'm here because one day I want to walk across that stage. I'm, I'm here because one day I'm going to own my own business. I'm here because I believe there's something greater down the road. A lot of us can envision success in our lives. But yet, when we vision success, we don't vision the trials and the troubles and the tribulations it's going to take to get there. Just like a little kid, a little child could stand at the top of the stairs and see the destination. But they don't know that if they don't properly grab that wall or grab that wheel, they'll come tumbling down the stairs. I, I witnessed this, my little baby brother. One day I was babysitting, and I, I, I don't know what I was doing. I, I think the doorbell rang, and I ran down, and I, I didn't know he was quicker than he was, and, as, as he was. And so I look up. The person's at the door, and my little baby brother just able to just barely take a few steps. And they say, no, boom, fell down the stairs. He thought that he could make it down to them, but he did not know. In order to get down to the end, he's going to have to hit some bumps and bruises <laughs> on the way down. 
he's crying and his lip is bloody and, 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 and I, my mom is looking. She's calming me down more than she's calming the brother down. So he's going to be all right, sir. He's going to be all right. And I remember, but yet oftentimes in life we are just the same way. We see a goal. We see a destination. And we lunge forward. And then we get bumps and we get bruises along the way just to get to that destination. But yet you can make it there because you see the goal. Think about a marathon runner. A marathon runner can run the race. When they start out the race, they already made up their mind to start the race. Oh, I'm starting this race. I plan on finishing. But when they get to that 15th mile, body start talking to them. You know you got a cramp here. You know your shoes done worn out. Now they're not as comfortable as when you first started out. I don't know if you're going to make it to that next water break. You might as well slow down. And many people stop in that area. But the, it's, but the percentage drops considerably when you get to that 23rd mile. Why? Because you can see the finish line. It's amazing. When you see the finish line, it's a lot harder to quit because you see your destination. You see what you're going through. Right now, you might be in the thick, in the middle, in the 15th mile of the race of your life. But I want you to understand that there still is a finish line. Looking at the text, we see Moses and his family and seeing how they were willing to suffer for greatness. Reading from the New Living Translation and the powerful word of God said it was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given him an unusual, given them an unusual child. And they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. Then verse 24 said it was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt. For he was looking ahead to his great reward. Verse 27, it was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eye on the one who is invisible. I'm going to stop right there. It said Moses kept on persevering because he kept his eye on the one who is invisible. I, I want us to look back at his birth. At his birth, his, his parents saw a finish line. At birth, the king, the pharaoh of Egypt, declared that all male babies should be tossed into the Nile. Women, children will be all right. They liked the, they liked the girls, but they were scared of the boys. Uh, pharaoh didn't want anybody uprising and, and outnumber him. So he said, hey, put all boys in the Nile. But look, look at Moses' parents, they said they feared not the king. Even when you look in Exodus, you find out that midwives feared not the king. They said, oh, Pharaoh, these women are strong. They're lying, y'all. These women are strong. Before we could get to them, they have already had the baby. So how could we take them away and, and kill them? See, the midwives said, like, look, Pharaoh, we don't fear you. We don't care about you. We'll even lie in your face because we know what God has called us to do. Uh, we are not going to kill and murder these young boys. Pharaoh, uh, Moses' parents looked at this, this child and said, this child is more beautiful than all the rest. I feel sorry for 
for Aaron and Miriam. You know, all of a sudden, his parents just fell in love with this baby boy. Like, he's better than all the other kids. And, and they loved him so much, they hid him for how long? Three months. Three months they put themselves at risk. Three months they sacrificed for this child. Three months they gave up what they had for their child. That's went over somebody's head. That There's a parent here that knows what it takes when you're trying to take care of a kid and, and you got to sacrifice. You might have to leave your job early. You might have to call some days in. You might not have to take your vacation time and really go on a vacation, but you got to go home for a week to spend some time with your kids. For three months... Moses' parents decided that whatever else can stop until I make sure my child is all right. There's some people in this world that need to read this and make sure that, you know, there's some, some things more important. Like your children. Do you know your child's homeroom teacher? Hello. Do you know what class your child already does not like? Already. Haven't had a first assignment, but they already made up their mind, I don't like this class. Do you know that? When you don't know what's going on in your child's life, it's kind of hard to connect. It's hard for them to, to, to excel and go on. But yet Moses at birth had parents that said, you know what? I see beyond what you are right now as an infant child. I see greatness in you. I think God has placed some favor in your life. And then we see the favor in him because after the birth of Moses, the, 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 the Hebrew writer goes on to when he's full grown. And we read about that in Acts 7, chapter he's about 40 years old as a full-grown man. And we learn more about this full-grown man that he said he refused. He refused to be known as Pharaoh's daughter's son. In other words, he refused to be known as a prince. That's like Prince Charles telling everybody, don't call me Prince Charles. But you don't hear that, do you? It'll be like the president telling you, you don't have to address me as president. We don't hear that, do we? Because oftentimes there's so much status and things that go with the title that you want that prestige. You want what comes along with it. I'll be like Prince Charles too. I want to be prince. Because that means one day I'm going to be king. Hello. I want to be called president. So you know my office. You know where I stand. But yet Moses said, I don't want to be with the oppressor. I want to be with those who are being oppressed. Moses was willing to suffer for greatness. He, too, learned from his parents' sacrifice and was willing to sacrifice riches. Look, a hundred years later, they find the tomb of King Tut. That went over somebody's head. A hundred years later, they found the tomb of King Tut. I mean, I'm sorry, King Tut was buried a hundred years later, and that was filled with, with gold and treasures. So what does that mean? That means Moses saw all of that. He saw all the riches and all the gold as it was accumulating. Was again, because just what they buried with King Tut was not all of it. That was just a portion of it. Because the other king got rich too. You see, Moses says, look, I see this world and what it's all about. And I realize I'd rather be with God's people than be with this oppressor. I, I, I'd rather push on and persevere because I see Christ. I see the invisible God. I see the reward. Then trying to indulge in sin, which is fleeting. This is limited pleasure. I, I don't want to get involved with something that's only going to keep on leaving me empty. Hello. 
keep on going back to the same situations in life. We, we want what's better for our lives, but we're not willing to give up. We're not willing to sacrifice. We're not willing to trust. You know, everybody wants to be a millionaire, a billionaire, but everybody does not want to be broke. And the problem is, all these millionaires that we know, they at one point were broke. They did not wake up. All of them did not just wake up with a silver spoon in their mouth. They worked to gain that money. They were broke not just one time, but a couple of times they went broke. A couple of times they lost everything that they had in order to possess what they had. What are you willing to give up? What are you holding on so much to that you're not trusting God enough to give you something greater? It reminds me of a story that talks about this, 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 this uncle will come and talk to the child and the child, uh, the uncle told him, I can give you a dime today or a dollar next week. Kid was saying, well, I can go and give me some candy today, but if I get that dollar, I can have that bouncing ball like everybody else in my neighborhood. And he says, you know what? I'll take the dime. Goes, get the dime, gets all the candy. Then a week later, sees everybody with a bouncing ball. And what do you want? A bouncing ball. Goes to the uncle. Uncle, I, I want that dime. I said, no, you chose the dime today and not for the dollar for tomorrow. In life, don't be choosing a dime today. When God has a dollar for you for tomorrow. Don't be choosing for, tr- for trash today when God got a treasure for you in the future. Don't be choosing limited pleasures today when God has eternity of joy for you down the road. Do not get caught up thinking that all you have is right now what you can grab and what you can touch and what you can see. We see here in the text, Moses said, I saw the invisible. I saw the invisible. Moses remembered that, that great I am, the God that is and will be, that is to come, Yahweh. He's sovereign all by himself. That, the God that told me to use what I got, the staff in my hand. It went from being my staff but being the staff of God. Uh, that, that, that same God that was speaking to me through a burning bush that was, that was on fire but was not on fire but was on fire. God told me to take off my shoes because I was on holy ground. That, that same God that told me to speak to a rock, to hit a rock, to walk on dry land between the Red Sea. That same God did not see, but I saw full evidence of. Abraham, Abraham, I mean, sorry, Moses was able to, to, to be able to see God in the presence of his struggles. Where are you right now in your life struggling with? Where are you suffering right now? You may be still suffering as a parent trying to raise your child. You're just hoping your child grow up right. Don't give up. The thing, the thing is this, that you may not see the outcome physically, but you can see it through God. Trust God more than what you can hold on to. See, see, see you may not see your child every day they're in class, but you can just pray to God. God sees them. You, you may not see your spouse when they go on vacation and you're praying for a safe return back, but God sees them. I, I know many a times that before we will go on vacation, we will get in a circle and pray before we got in that car. We will see one another, but we pray for each other's protection that we be safe while we're in the car. Or, heaven forbid, one of us travel alone, we pray for one another before they get on that plane. You know we're about to pray, right? We didn't just take it for granted you're going to get up, you're going to get down on that time. We said, Lord God, that plane through the air and let it lay safe. 
And I thank God for hearing prayers because we're still here. And, I'll be, I, and the people on that plane, they don't know they're blessed because you got some praying for. How many of y'all been there before? You say, y'all, y'all know y'all church family praying for you. So you tell them, say, you don't know what's going on, but you blessed, all right. We got somebody praying for you. Uh, just because I happen to be here, we got some prayers going up. Uh, Brother Simpson said that he told his doctor, there's somebody praying for you, so I'm not worried about it. It's an awesome thing to know that God is fully in control. No matter the struggles you're going through, the problems you're dealing with. You see, Mo- Moses had, 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 it, had to face the king's anger. And, and now, looking in the text, we see it here that it says, Moses, uh, it was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the, the king's anger. And, and, and why did Moses leave? Moses left because we give him more historical context in Acts 7 chapter, what happened in Exodus, that Moses thought that he was able to start liberation then. And Moses went about it the wrong way. Moses was thinking too small. Moses saw one Egyptian kill one Egyptian, but God was saying, Moses, that's too small. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to free all my people from all the Egyptians. I, I, I don't need you to get one. I can get them all in the Red Sea. But Moses did not know this. Moses was jumping ahead of the gun, and so he had to flee. It says Pharaoh was angry with him, but Moses still fled. Went into the wilderness. A lot of times we are having wilderness experience in our lives right now. We might be having a wilderness experience right now in your life, and you're thinking, well, this is all right, but you're suffering. You're suffering because you're not really living to your full potential. You're suffering. You're not really being all that you want to be. Moses was successful in the wilderness. It said he had children. He had a family. He had a livelihood. But that is not the end of his life. Oftentimes when we start suffering, we start settling. It's easy to settle when you're in pain because you get used to the pain if you don't move. Y'all been there before? Laying in the bed, aching the pain, and somebody tries, and they, they shake the bed, or they make real loud noise all of a sudden. You got, you got a, your headache is a lot worse, or, or they move the bed, you're in more pain. Like, don't touch me. Turn that radio down. Turn the lights off. You're killing me. Same situation in life, that when we get to a point in life, when we get into that dip in life, we get into that hole in life, we want to stay there because it's so much easier to stay there than to get out. What is keeping you in that ditch? What are you scared of? Are you scared like Moses where you, where you, where you, where you, not, where you had somebody angry at you, so therefore you were scared to confront them? Are you like Moses' parents? They, they had a king tell them to kill the baby, but they said, I don't fear you, king. I'm going to trust God. Who is it that's chasing you, that's giving you fear, that's making you try to do something contrary to God, and you don't have enough confidence enough in God? And I said it. I said it. You do not have enough confidence enough in God. Yes, I say you do not have enough faith in God to trust him more than this person whom you see. You trust your boss more than you trust God. You trust that bank account more than you trust God. You trust your best friend, whoever he or she may be, more than you trust God. You look to them for instructions, but you don't turn to the word for instructions. You turn to them and ask them for assistance, but you don't bow down on your knees and ask God for assistance. You get so stuck in that, in that ditch, in that hole, that you are looking to everything you can touch and that you can grab instead of grabbing what you, what you cannot see got to be like Moses and see the invisible God, see the conqueror, mediocre, 
It's just average. Who here wants to be average? Isn't it the best to get the job? Isn't first place that gets the gold medal? Who wants to be mediocre? Yet, and oftentimes in life, when we can be the best because of God's grace, we settle for mediocre because of fear of paralyzes. We think we're not good enough. Well, we're not better enough or we're not better than somebody else. But God has made you as an individual. God has made you with great potential. It's up to you to realize, God, I will give up what I have. See, Moses realized, look, I have Pharaoh. Pharaoh can make me successful. He has a lot of riches. But I'm going to give this up and go with the oppressor because I see something greater. I will take, I will, I will, dis- I say, I will regard disgrace for Christ said greater than the riches of Egypt. We sing a song during Christmas time oftentimes, I'd rather have Jesus than silver and gold. But oftentimes we're just singing. If I had a choice, would I really choose Jesus? If someone came to me and says, hey, uh, will you give up your house and follow Christ all the way to the ends? Would I be like that rich young man? He start contemplating, uh, I don't think I can give everything up right now. Because when we are so comfortable with what we have, it becomes security to us. It becomes a foundation for us. I, I, I was praying today, and I was praying for myself that God would just shake whatever foundation I'm standing on that's not him. Oftentimes I can stand on my intellect or I can stand on what I think I have done for myself, but really it's it's nothing. It is nothing. It is nothing. It does not compare to what God has for me. We got to wake up and realize, God, sometimes I am settling in life. I'm not pushing on because the struggle is too hard. I don't see the great reward. I took my eye off the prize. I was looking up, but now I am looking down and all I see is what's down beneath me. But Lord, I need to trust you more. And I need to look towards the invisible God. I I need to push on towards the mark of the higher calling that's in Christ Jesus. Because when he did this, when Moses decided I will trust the invisible God, the text continues on and goes on to look at verse 28. And so it's by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover and to sprinkle blood on the doorposts so that the angel of death would not kill their firstborn sons. You see, it took Moses a lot of time to get beaten down, to to be downtrodden, to go through some sacrifices in life, to go through some suffering in life, to finally see God for who he really was. He said, Lord, I don't see the promised land. I have not tasted the promised land, but I believe I'm going to make it there. God, I have a lot of riches with me right now, but you promised me to be a leader of great people, and these people, I will trust God you to help me to leave. Moses realized that, Lord, I will trust your promise. What was the promise? The promise was that when you put blood on the doorpost, <laughs> the angel of death will pass over and your children will be safe. And you see, as Moses decided to trust God, the people that were following him trust God. What does that mean? That means while you're going through suffering and trials and tribulations, while you are trying to be the best mother and a father, the best husband or wife, the best child, the best student, the best single, there's somebody watching you. 
And they're watching you just close enough to see how you're going to make it through. Because they may not talk to Jesus, they may not open up a Bible, but they can't touch and feel you. And so when you make it through your struggle, when you lead them out of your struggle, they'll be able to ask, how did you make it? And you'll be able to fall back on the promise. You can tell them that Jesus came (laughs) and he told me this, come, all you that are weary, all you that are heavy laden. Come and lay down your burdens and sit under my teaching. Find rest for your soul. Jesus said, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, there's a promise that when you have a covenant with God, God is is committed. He will keep his promise. But all he just asks you just to trust him while you're going through whatever you're going through. Because if God can put you in it, God can sure enough bring you out. And Moses was in a condition, and in this condition, you look at it, Moses could be saying, Lord, why was I put in the now? Why did my children, why did my parents leave me to be raised up by somebody else? But you see how God just worked it out, that Moses was not raised up by Pharaoh's daughter, but it was his mother that rose him, that risen, that, that took and reared him up from a child and helped him realize that he was a child of the living God. Help him to realize that he will agree with the oppressed and not be with the oppressor. And he realized that since God is who he is, I won't fear Pharaoh. I will come back with boldness, with the power of God. I will lead the children out. But before we left, what did they have to do? They had to kill a lamb. Take the lamb's blood on the doorposts. And that blood that covered the doorposts covered that family. And as that family was covered, it said the Lord passed over them. But there was weeping and wailing in Egypt because all of the Egyptians' children were dead. Why did those children die? Because they did not believe in the invisible God. They did not believe in Yahweh. They did not believe in the great I am, but Moses had enough sense to tell his people that God has called me here to call you out. I want you to understand you're going through a suffering in your life, but Jesus came. (laughs) That same lamb that they sacrificed, Jesus, the lamb of God, came. They hung him high and they stretched him wide. And that same blood they put on the doorpost for God to pass over, you have the blood of Jesus, hallelujah, (laughs) covering you right now. The enemy has to pass on over because death has no victory. Sin has no sting because Jesus has defeated the enemy. And since Jesus has defeated the enemy, you can walk in victory. You can walk right now. Moses did not see the promised land, but every time he walked, he was walking in God's promise. God has a promise in your life. I know it's hard. It gets torn down and suffering sometimes when we struggle. When we just, when we feel like we're just making it. We feel we're just making over bro. We feel that just when I get ahead, it seems like everything falls on my face. Just when I get up, I get hit back down. But don't give up. Said Moses persevered because he saw the invisible God. My question is, do you see God? Because in the midst of your suffering, you can see his greatness. In the midst of your trials and tribulations, you can see your redeemer. There's a brighter day ahead. Let God 
be that true light in your darkest days. And you'll find out you always have hope. Because my hope is built on nothing less but Jesus Christ and his righteousness. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Father, Lord, we come to you broken down from life, beaten down, Lord, from the stresses of life. But, Lord, we thank you that nothing can break us because you're holding us together. Father, the enemy's trying his best. But, Lord, we thank you that you sent your best, Jesus Christ. And, Father, we do believe he died on the cross for our sins. And that he defeated death and rose again on the third day. And Lord, we cry out to you right now. Father, we need you to give us the strength to make it through. So every head bowed and every eyes closed with someone here who hasn't called on Jesus as a personal Lord and Savior. We want to lead you in this prayer. Just repeat after me. God knows your heart. Just repeat after me saying, Dear Lord Jesus. That's right, dear Lord Jesus. I believe you died on the cross for my sin. And you rose again from the grave, defeating death. And Jesus, I ask you, forgive me of all my sins. And Jesus, I invite you to come into my heart and be my personal Lord and Savior. And Jesus, I now want to live for you. Lord, we surrender all to you, God. And, Lord, we realize, God, that whatever we're going through, there's something greater ahead of us. And that greater, Lord, is you. So, Father, we'll keep our eyes on you and trusting in you no matter what we go through. Because, Lord, we know that you'll see us through. In Jesus' name, Father, we pray. Amen.